Oh, this is the life. Sun, surf, sand, and an open bar. Debbie, come on. We can't be late for our own trivia session. Be there in a sec. Hello, B-Rad speaking. Brad? What the hell? I'm supposed to be doing this with Debbie Foreman, not you. Hey, just just go with it, Spearsy. I'm living the dream here. I mean, who cares if it's your dream? Although I do question your wardrobe choices. A mankini? Really? Seriously, Brad. You screw this up for me. I'm publishing that senior picture of you with your bassoon. You wouldn't dare. I would so dare. Just try me. Now pinch yourself, wake up, and fly yourself back to your wingman spot. Fine, fine. But before I do, let me just remind you that 80s in the Sand is a seven-day vacation at the Breathless Resort in Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic this year on November 11th through the 18th. And because I am the greatest wingman ever, I'm sending Spearsy alone on this trip so he can co-host the trivia sessions with none other than Deborah Foreman. The list of bands and actors appearing is both amazing and too long for me to list here. Stuck in the 80s has discount codes that can save you big bucks on your booking, so go to our website at www.sit80s.com or just email us for the details. Come on, Spearsy. It's going to be like tripendicular. 80s in the sand. It'll be, dare I say, classic. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the advice. Carpe diem. Seize the day. The comebacks. Why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. <laughs> and the technology. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your pals. It's your buddies, Steve Spears. And B-Rad. And today we revisit a pair of, dare I say, underrated movies from the summer of 1982. You figured that all out just by yourself? I have that kind of mind, yeah. Yes, you do, Bill. Yes, you do. As always, we are happy to proclaim that Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media Mobile app. Woot, woot. So, Brad, you know the drill today. As we like to do, we like to go back in time every single episode. And, uh, it's this what time we do. Back. <laughs> I know. It's, it's what we do. It's why we're here. <laughs> and we're if you're listening, to- we know you didn't have any trouble finding us on iTunes. So here's the story on that. So iTunes, uh, we had two listings on iTunes. For whatever reason. I don't want to put the blame on anybody, but it'd be not the person talking right now. And uh, It's obviously Steve Jobs that screwed us. <laughs> yeah. Too many turtlenecks. So Apple deleted one of the duplicate entries, and as a result, we may have lost some of our regular viewers. So viewers, listeners, you know what I mean. If you're listening to us on another way, like you're listening to us on our Facebook page or something like that, and you're kind of wondering what's up with your iTunes, just go back to iTunes, search for us. You'll, you'll see the, the true, the one true stuck in the 80s. The one true light. Yeah. Resubscribe there and all will be uh, 
forgiven. Mainlining nostalgia yeah. every Sunday. Speaking of nostalgia, so the idea here is we're going to go back to the summer of 1982 when uh, Pop Quiz, how old would we have been that summer, Brad? Ooh, that's 15, isn't it? Yeah, 15. Yeah, nice. Perfect. That's, that's a perfect good. age. That's good. So, well, as I've long said, 15 is the golden age of everything. Yeah, it is. And I think I think in a lot of ways, 1982 was a golden age for 80s movies because you still had um, – there's a wackiness quality to them. Uh, I, think, I think two of the movies that we picked this week represent that pretty well. There was always yeah. the way they had to just – they had to work in some obligatory topless women – Yep, yep. If it fit the the plot, great. If it didn't, we're going to find a way to get it in there. <laughs> That's fine. So we'll each represent one. This, these were both released in the summer of 82. And uh, then we'll have some uh, delicious seggies. And mm. uh, we'll give you the answers to uh, the trivia quiz that we gave you a couple weeks ago. That sound good? It's going to be glorious, Steve. So I have to ask you, Steve, what is your movie this week? Oh, this movie is very special to me, and I don't know why. I give you The Beastmaster. Who are you? I'm Dar. I'm no threat to you. Who sent you? I wasn't sent. My village, Emer, was destroyed by the Jun Horde. I've sworn revenge, and I'm following. You? Alone? <laughs> Now, who are you? I am Kiri, slave to the priests of the Temple of Or. They whip you like a beast. I am a slave. What would you have me do? Brad, did you see uh, Beastmaster in the cinema, or did you probably see it on HBO? Steve, I'm kind of glad that I'm a continent away from you. I have never seen this movie. <laughs> what? Okay, you can see it today. It's still it's on YouTube. The entire movie oh. is available on YouTube. You can also rent it on iTunes. We don't see a dime from I'll have that. To check it out. We don't see a dime if you watch it on YouTube either. So, same long, same. <laughs> long story short, I didn't realize it was on YouTube till last night, and I was watching it for the first time in probably 30 years. And I may or may not have been enjoying a uh, very tall, tasty beverage out of my stuck in the eighties, uh, the eighties cruise cup, the green one, not the purple <laughs> the green one, right? one. Yeah, just for this. And I was, um, I got very, very loose with my texts with uh, Brad and just Drew and Jen with one N, and said a bunch of things that I wish I could kill out of my uh, <laughs> iPhone. But that's the effect. It was that- pretty glorious. It was pretty glorious. It was nonsensical ranting at its best, and um, but we've been all data sw- points were acquired. <laughs> yeah, we've all been sworn to secrecy. Uh, no new nicknames will be created from uh, this particular episode of the podcast. But no, um, and believe you me, the back channel was burning up as fast as the <laughs> as the front channel. Oh, was it? You guys are messaging each other too. Drew and I were just oh. like wondering whether we needed to call medical help at any time. <laughs> that, but that's what Beastmaster does to me. Um, I was so happy. To see it again, back in the early '80s, Beastman was <laughs> Beastmaster was on Beast H- <laughs> Beastman. That's a that's something. That was another set of uh, ugly texts that I sent early this morning. Uh, Beastmaster was on HBO so much that people used to joke that HBO standing for "Hey, Beastmaster's on." 
Um, but it's your typical sword and sorcery film that seemed uh, just so common back then. It's um, actually pretty easy to see some parallels in the plot with Conan the Barbarian. Uh, nice. Beastmaster starred Mark Singer, the great Mark Singer, who, who practically owned the 80s. Did you ever see his other movie, If You Can See uh, What I Hear? No. Oh, no. my God. I, I guess I'm more of a Mark Singer completist than you are. I hate fun. <laughs> Tanya Roberts is in it. John Amos, who you uh, mostly know as Admiral Fitzsimmons from West Wing and uh, the great Rip oh, Torn yeah. is in it. Uh, but the whole idea is that... That's uh, a good cast. It is a good cast. For, a very good cast for the early 80s. Uh, Mark Singer plays the unborn son of a king who, as the prophecy goes, will kill the villainous priest Max, played by Rip Torn. So mm. Max and his uh, crony uh, witches magically steal the fetus and transfer him into a cow womb so they can kill him before he's born. Of course, the plan is thwarted. Otherwise, Beastmaster would, would be a 15-minute movie. He's uh, <laughs> adopted by a, a commoner, grows up. His uh, village is killed by the uh, the villainous uh, Jun tribe, and just like Conan the Barbarian, he sets out to seek his revenge. Does he have to push a big wheel? He does not. He does not make any uh. wheat. But um, I guess as a side effect of him being born from a cow's womb, um, I'm guessing hmm. he is has the ability to uh, telepathically communicate with animals. So along with him travel. Yeah, I'm sure the continuity people were working on that. No, it's good. There's so many villains in this movie. It's you don't know where to start. But uh, but what's important is that he and his ferrets, Kodo and Poto, a black tiger named Rue and a eagle named Sharak, go about their business of blood revenge. Excellent. It's it's a fun movie. It's it is everything you want in early '80s sorcery movie to be it has everything in it. it has the obligatory topless scene you know 10 minutes of boobies okay. um it's got um ripped talking snake no talking snake but the ferrets are what great. i'm telling you everyone okay. who watched this movie back in the 80s wanted to have pet ferrets afterwards i'm sure there was a pet ferret boom um after this uh, movie. i think it's illegal to keep ferrets as pets in california why is that I don't know. It used to be. I don't know if it still is, but I know it used to be because I had a friend who had illegal pet ferrets. <laughs> illegal Ooh. ferrets. Now, there's a band name for you. How the f- am I supposed to know, dude? But it's illegal. It's illegal. So anyway, Beastmaster was uh, based on a 1959 novel of the same name, but pretty much everything oh, it's about it's based the- on a book? <laughs> yeah. From the 50s. But everything about it was That's changed. Awesome. The- the book was about had the hero as a Navajo fighter set in a futuristic sci-fi setting. So, oh wow, they changed so much of it. That the author pretty much said, "I don't even want to be given credit for this." Um, yeah, just a check. The director was this guy named uh, Donald uh, Coscarelli. Coscarelli, Coscarelli. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. He's probably better known to people for his Phantasm films. Oh, okay. And uh, during Beastmaster, he was probably best known for being a pain in the ass to the producers. He <laughs> um, he wanted Demi Moore to play the slave girl. That didn't happen. Uh, he wanted mm. Klaus Kinski to be the villain. That didn't happen. Ooh, so nice. But uh, Beastmaster, not really beloved by critics, and uh, not really beloved at the box office. Came more of a cult hit, like I said, when it, it started appearing on. Uh, HBO. The um, it was yeah. successful enough though. It actually spawned a few sequels, and it spawned a TV series. Did it really? Oh well, we should talk about that sometime. Yeah, on our other series. 
So, uh, speaking of ferrets, it took um, 25 ferrets playing the parts of really? Kodo and Poto. So, um, <laughs> that's a lot of that's rodents a lot of on fer- the set. And, and ferrets are not exactly the cleanest animals. So, I'm sure that was a very nice smelling set. Um, yeah. But I was watching it last night. I was, I was having a cocktail or two. I was texting Brad and uh, Jen and Drew. <laughs> you were soaking in it. You were soaking in it. <laughs> I wasn't soaking. It was good. I was caught up in the passion of the movie. And um, yes, well, that's what I meant. I didn't say you were soaking in the bourbon. Okay. No, no you're drinking the bourbon. Yeah. You were soaking in the deliciousness of '80s Beastmaster. Yeah, yeah. There's an ending. I mean, I don't want to. I'm, I'm going to spoil it for you, just because. Spoiler that's, alert! That's what we do. The good guys win. <laughs> yeah, it's like when a movie's uh, 35 years old, you get to spoil the ending. Uh, at the very end of the movie, you know, all, obviously all the bad men are conquered, but one of the ferrets—I don't know if it's Kodo or Poto—dies. Saving uh, oh, our hero. No. But in the very, very closing scene, you see that he's had babies with the other ferrets. So the little baby ferrets pop up and oh. cut to credits. And they talk. Cut to credits. And, and Spearsy just melts into a pile of his own tears. So, Brad, save the day. What uh, movie from the summer of 1982 are you going to honor today? Well, this is one that I know you and I name check a lot. I don't know that everyone else has as much love for it as we do. But I bring you 1982's Night Shift. Wait a minute. Hold the phone, Chuck. We got all that space down at the morgue. All those cars, all that time at night, nobody watching us. We could handle things for your next-door neighbor and all her girlfriends right out of the morgue. Pimps? Are you saying we should become pimps? Pimps is an ugly word. We can call ourselves love brokers. This is my stop. You think about it, okay? I really think this is the one, Chuck. I am excited about this. I mean it. This is it, I think. Love brokers. This... Love brokers! <laughs> you and me, buddy! We're over the rainbow, pal. Love broker! <laughs> I love this movie. <laughs> this is one of those movies, like I said, I kind of assume everybody's seen it. It's a nice little nice little fish-out-of-water bouillabaisse. It's, uh, you know, got somehow I became a pimp in there, mixed sip with my hot neighbor's a prostitute, you know, salt it with a little zany coworker, um, throw in an uptight fiancé and put it in the grittiest 1980s New York City, and uh, we got a winner. This is going all the way. Theme song from Quarter Flash, too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the soundtrack is somewhat forgettable, but that's not a bad song. I remember that 35 years later. And I remember it ends with... uh, uh, Oh, it ends with, uh, that's what friends are for. Yeah, Rod Stewart singing it. Nothing, I got a problem with that. Burt Bacharach did the music for this, so of course he's going to throw one of his own songs in there so he gets the, <laughs> gets the sweet, yeah. sweet, sweet, sweet dollars. So this opened July 30th, 1982, as we discussed. Generally good reviews, and it did okay. It did uh, like $20 million at the box office, which is pretty good for an R-rated movie in those days. Directed by Ron Howard. It's the second movie he directed. Do you remember the first? Um, God, I always thought Splash was his first. Now, Splash is like a year or two later than this. Wow. He directed Grand Theft Auto in 1977, which was executive produced by Roger Corman. That's bizarre. Actually, he, he starred in Grand Theft Auto as well. So I'm like, I don't know if he's just trying to play against type there. Like, I'm not just Richie Cunningham, man. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Um, some of his early work. As far as the stars, you got some old, you got some new. You got Henry Winkler uh, playing every man, Chuck Lumley. Oh, come on, we have to be pimps. Let's be pimps. 
Well, we couldn't be doctors. He was 37 years old at this point, and he still was playing the Fonz. Yeah, that's right, because Happy Days, Happy Days goes on for like and another he, year or two after this. Yeah, he, he went for two more years. It's shocking. New cast, you got Shelley Long as uh, Belinda Keaton, his prostitute neighbor with the aforementioned Heart of Gold. Uh, she would debut on Cheers that fall. God, Cheers started that early? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Do man. you remember her big screen debut? Uh, yeah, it's, it's your, one of my it's favorites. Your, it's Caveman. It's, it's your favorite favorites. movie. <laughs> I love that. Bonus movie. points if you actually remember her Caveman name. Oh, it's not Lana. It's not a Tuke. It's not Lar. It's oh crap! I don't remember. Uh, that's okay. Don't worry about it. Uh, do you buy Shelley Long as a prostitute? I mean, I don't mean like literally. I mean like. <laughs> I mean, do you? <laughs> Like yes, today, I would. <laughs> is, there's a, is there a group yeah, on? Because <laughs> I, I think I would, but I'm just saying, it, she seems a little unbelievable in the role. Uh, Although she's pretty hot in the movie. I'm not trying to be like sexist or anything. Yeah, but she's pretty hot. I mean, she's she occupies the role. She's very matter of fact about it, and that kind of is part of her character. Like, yeah, well, I do this. This is what I do. Yeah, I don't know. I mean. I, I'll, let me be completely forthright with you, Steve. I don't spend a lot of time with <laughs> prostitutes, so it's hard for me to hard for me to judge. But it just it's such a movie trope character, yeah, yeah. right? It is the epitome of an early eighties rom com. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then of course you you can't talk about Night Shift without talking about Michael yeah. Keaton. Uh he's got all the he has all the funny lines. He's his his part is hilarious. I'm fed up, man. I'm fed up with you. I wash my hands and my feet of you. And it is, as we've mentioned before, his big screen debut. In seven years, he'll be Batman ridding the streets of crime. But in this movie, he's putting the crime <laughs> yeah. out there. It's He's so many good lines. I mean, the whole um, him walking around always uh, singing uh, Jumping Jack Flash. Uh, his little notes, yeah. you know, note to Starkist, you know, feed tuna to mayonnaise. Yeah. Feed mayonnaise. Feed mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, my God. Call Starfish. Yeah. Hold the phone. Hold the so phone. So good. Hold the so phone. good. He's funny, and it drives the and and the two of them, Chuck, God, <laughs> Henry Winkler, Henry Winkler, and he play off each other so well. He's Henry Winkler, is so deadpan to uh, Michael Keaton's just zany. It's like every excitable person you know all like rolled up together and then like put on speed and turned to eleven and like wound up and kicked out into the world, just going a hundred miles an hour yeah. all the time. Yeah. Which is fun. It's fun. It makes the movie work. It'd be an interesting costume to try to, to go as the Michael Keaton character from uh, this movie, but I don't know if anybody would get it. Yeah, the jacket would be the... I mean, it's pretty iconic, and the jacket, he's got something that's got like an embroidered tiger yeah. or something on it, so it would, you know, that that part might be a little... That's, it's really hard. It's not even worth it. And I don't think anybody Nobody would get, get it. it. Plus, you'd yeah. have to have the I don't hair, think right? Would get it. I, you know, we don't have the hair. You have the hair for it, and you'd need a big old Walkman yeah. one. <laughs> you know, you'd have to walk around all night saying "Feed mayonnaise to live tuna fish." fish. Call Starkist, right. which would get old. Yeah, that would get old. So, this is Chuck telling Bill to, to shut, shut up. up. Did you see this in theaters, or was this more of a cable thing? For you? I don't. You know, I might have. This was the summer I started working in the movie theater. So, or at the movie theater and in the movie theater. Um, so I might have seen this in the theater, but I think I probably saw it on TV. How about you? Yeah, I I can't imagine my parents would have let me go to see this. So yeah. it feels like a it feels like a rental. 
<laughs> Do I even need to discuss the plot? Is the plot like kind of self-evident here? Uh, maybe. I, th- I think so. I mean, they basically they work at a morgue. They decide to, when they find out that his neighbor, Belinda, doesn't have a pimp, and uh, they decide to be pimps, and it's it's making her life it's making her life hard. So rather than like put her in some kind of work placement program or get her a job at the morgue, they become pimps. Right. I wonder could you could you remake this movie today? I mean, could you do a reboot of it? Would it work even? I don't know. Well, New York City's all cleaned up now. That that part of it. You'd have it in Chicago. <laughs> that's oh, that's going nowhere go. fast. There you go. I don't know. I mean, why why not? Everything else is getting remade. Why not? Right. They're doing. Uh, they're doing Death Wish again. Um, that's coming out later this fall, and it has Bruce Willis playing the Charles Bronson. Vengeance never goes out of style. Yeah, but they set it in uh, Chicago, which has you know, become like the new Detroit as far as crime. Yeah, we were going to do it in Mosul, but we decided Chicago <laughs> would be a little more violent. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. So, I mean, because it's a Ron Howard movie, does Clint Howard make a, make a show in this? He does show up. Yeah, he is the uh, he is the unsuspecting rube who hires Mister Blazowski to uh, squire him around town in the uh, morgue hearse as a like his, his side hustle as a limo service. He's got this big magnet he puts over the, the hearse sign. Yeah, yeah. I think he charges him twenty bucks. Yeah, and, it, and then he shows up again. Like his his fraternity shows up in the one scene that has any boobies in it. Like this is a movie with. It's all about prostitution, and there's like 30 characters in it that are prostitutes, and you never see any boobies. What the hell is going there's on? None. There? I think you see. A, I think you see some from afar. Just that one scene where they're partying in the morgue, yeah, which is kind of one of one one of the famous lines. You people are partying in a morgue. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, <laughs> and then one guy wretches, doesn't he, or something like that. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. It's been forever since I saw this movie. This is the, one of those movies you sh- everybody should pretty much own. One way or another, and yet I find that I don't have it. I know I had it one time on VHS, but that was about it. Yeah. So did you know one of the things I found out in my recent screening, Ron Howard has a cameo in this. He does? Who does he play? Yeah. He's the sax player that gets on the subway when oh no uh, i know he's that sitting there scene. and he gets on and he starts playing and and he puts some change in this thing and then he just starts honking on it that's hilarious and Henry takes out his checkbook and writes out a check i had no idea uh, yeah i didn't realize that either i thought it was really oh funny. oh my god when you know then when you see him you're like oh yeah he's built just like him yeah, yeah. that's funny so so that's kind of cool that's a nice little nice little moment you know what's kind of funny is that when i think about it Night Shift, didn't it kind of almost start a franchise of movies about uh, hookers with a heart of gold? Uh, yeah, I was kind of thinking about that, too. And and also, Accidental Pimps, like Risky Business was the next oh, year. Yeah. Dr. Detroit is basically the same plot. <laughs> um, Trading Places has the same character. Oh, my God. Uh, right. You know? So, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm missing some there, but you know, yeah, it definitely was an early mover in that space. Yeah. It's funny because I mean back then you could have that kind of a plot as a as a plausible, you know, rom com, and it just where people yeah. just bought into it, just just like you buy into the whole sword and sorcery plots right. of the eighties. You get your your Kroll and your Conan and yeah. your and your Beastmaster, Ice Pirates, Ice Pirates um, Willow. I mean, that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, some things never go out of style. Speaking of which, do you think that Henry Winkler did? Uh, night shift as a way to kind of like be the antiphons. Well, he really is the antiphons in this movie, and I wonder. I mean, do you think he did it like to try and get ABC to fire him? Like, I'm tired of playing this. Well, he was character. almost forty years old at the time. I mean, yeah. Or is he just like, hey, cash a check? You know, you want me? I'll show up. 
I could cash a check right now, but you know what I'd rather do? The, the Seggies. Ah, the mystical refrain that is uh, listener email inbox uh, water bucket waterboarding time. What, did you really write all these Reader things down? time of fun. Yeah, I, I just want to see if you're paying attention. Are these things that I texted you last night? Because it sounds like it might have been. No. No, no. This is all my okay. own work. Okay. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. I I woke up this morning. I checked my text. And I was like, ooh, delete, delete, delete. <laughs> oh, oh, no, no. And this is just me. Texted being everybody crazy. an apology. We're, we're, we're transitioning the name. So I just put all the yeah, words in there. It's all there. Uh, so this week we get an email from Ed Nelson. Uh, you might remember the husband of uh, Julie Nelson. And he wrote in because he has a lifelong appreciation, he says, of the movie Heavy Metal. So, Brad, take it away. Here we go. Ed writes, I was stoked to hear you talk. And this is how you know he's legit because he says stoked. stoked. With no no irony involved. No, no quotes, he was stoked. no nothing. I, we're, we're stoked to hear from him. Yeah. We get back to his letter. I was stoked to hear you talk about Heavy Metal, the movie, as a midnight movie. I have two stories. Two stories. It's a two-first. Nice. First, first story. In the small town I grew up in, a kid needed a note from the parents to see an R-rated movie at the one-screen theater if you were under 18. I was 14. I tricked my mom into writing me a note by telling her it was a cartoon with some cuss words, which is why it was R-rated. Yeah, I lied to my mom to see cartoon boobs. Don't judge me. The, I gave her the stars and stripes forever scene changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) The movie was instantly cemented in my brain as the best movie of all time. Yeah, at 14, can you imagine? That would be a mind scrambler. Yeah, that's a little too much. That would change your life, all right. Anyway, his second story is, flash forward six years. I just turned 21, and my then-girlfriend, Vavavoom Julie, and I, along with two other couples, went to the next town over to see a midnight showing of heavy metal. I was two or three years older than everyone else in our group that night, and I wanted to show how cool I was by buying a bottle of 100-proof peppermint schnapps. Oh, no. (sighs) Yes, his pain is our gain. I smuggled it in. And proceeded to drink the entire <sighs> bottle myself. Julie was furious at me. I kept dropping the bottle and carrying on like the drunk idiot I was. At the closing credits, I couldn't even stand to leave. My two completely sober friends, since you didn't share, did you learn nothing in kindergarten? My two completely sober friends literally carried me to the bathroom and stood me at a urinal, <laughs> then carried me to the car. <laughs> Julie went home with the girls. The boys took my drunk butt home. I haven't drank any schnapps since, but I still love the movie and will watch it every chance I get. Have a great weekend, guys. Ed Nelson. Wow. So good. Yeah. That's funny. Peppermint schnapps. We've all been there, except maybe without the peppermint no, schnapps. No, I've, I've had my experience with the uh, 100-proof peppermint schnapps. It, it never ends well. Uh, like yeah. Ed, I have not had any since then. That's just painful. Um, as always, yeah. we love your stories. Uh, send them to us at podcast at sit80s.com. Ah, the mystical refrain that is named that 80s tune. Uh, you know the drill here. We will play a snippet of a song from the 80s if you get it right. You're entered into the drawing for a piece of swag. Oh, what is this swag? Is it still the uh, keychains? Not keychains. It, it's the bottle it's opener. It's the bottle openers. Okay. Bottle openers. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Uh, pay attention. Here was the clip from the last time we did the Seggy.
That's High on You by Survivor. I was kind of in like a weird rocky sort of moment because I think the time before yeah. was uh, you're just building a bridge to your rocky heart. Yeah, yeah. I was just in a weird mood, and I said, "Oh, it's pick Survivor." Now I see the list of people who got it right, and I kind of feel bad for you. Yeah, I kind of hate you right now, Spursy. <laughs> go ahead, start reading winners. Okay, well, uh, go get yourself a cocktail. This could take a while. Winners this week include Curtain Dirty Jersey, Callum Atlanta, Metalhead Ed, OJ in La Caruna, Spain, Andrew in Cincinnati, Jay Swash in Beaver Creek, Don in Tulsa, Russ the Hot Guy, Nick in the Hoosier State, Sweet Lou Grilly, David Sensei in Tokyo, Jesse the Birthday Boy El Gato Grande Smith, Feliz Cumpleanos, Heather Brown, Arnie Boss in Stockholm, Alejandro Sticks Cardoso Solis from Tijuana, Mexico, Dave Augie August, Bart in Lyles, Tennessee, Canuck and Cali, Alice Titus, Super Dave Parrot, Charles in Vegas, Christine in Philly, Tim in Totesuck, Billy in Paducah, Todd in Minnesota, Tim Kelly, Anonymous Dave, Ryan the Pirate King, Brock in North Dakota, Buckeye Girl, Kevin Duck, Joseph Purdue, and Peter Ryan. Hey, have you ever wondered what it's like to read the phone book? <laughs> I think we've had lists longer than this, haven't we? Yeah, well, I didn't try and do this one in one breath. I just yeah. figured I would try yeah. and relax and enjoy it. It's a nice cross-section. I actually had some females in there. That's it nice. Is. Well, I know. I know. It's a, good going. It doesn't happen too often. I will, let me tell you guys something. Listeners, let me tell you something. I'm picking the song this week, and it's going to be a little harder. I promise it will be off of an album that was at least in the top 20, but I will not promise that it was a number one single that was featured in a Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> Hey, I'm sorry. I, I like what I like. Uh, You're not sorry one bit. <laughs> pay attention. Here's Brad's mystery clip. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com. And tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. The fact that I've gone into voices probably means my cocktail's halfway empty. I look over, and yes, the tide is now below the cruise ship on my glass. That's good. We have, <laughs> we, we have 15 minutes to finish this show, or there will be trouble. You know the drill here. Mystery clip. You guess. You enter. You win. Pay attention. Here's the clip from the last time we did the Segi. Hey, what's the matter? Haven't you guys ever seen anybody from the planet Vulcan before? Beep. Beep, beep. Ah, uh, yep, that's Mask with the great Eric Stoltz. You betcha. Man, that, you talk about a movie that you never see anymore. Never see that movie. Yeah, you're right. So, bizarre nonetheless. Anyway, uh, read some winners. Winners, now, I will say this list is short because if you got both of them, I just put you on the song list. So, don't be mad. Just be happy you're in the spinny drawing. This week's winners include Kevin Crescent Wench, Bonnie in Minnesota, Casey Bell, Silvio in Winter Springs, and Mike Wally Walters, who writes, I knew Rocky Dennis. He was at Sandberg Junior High when I attended La Fetra Elementary. My friend and I saw him and his friends each day for a couple years when we walked home from school. Being that they were older, we were six or seven, they were 12 or 13, we would entertain Rocky and his friends by fake fighting, kind of stuntman style, and it would just crack them up. Rocky used to buy us popsicles, a luxury at the junior high level those days, and his smile would always light us up. He was as caring and thoughtful as portrayed in the film. 
Just a shame he never saw the 80s. Wow, you know, I don't think I ever knew that that was really a true story. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. What a great what a great memory. Thanks for writing that one in, Mr. Walter, sir. Pay attention. Brad's picking the clip again. Here we go. Hello, pal. From the health department. We have a report that your soup has too much jewelry in it. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are a winner. And now it's time for a commercial break. We'll be right back. The biggest thrill of a McDonald's is winning. 50 Deluxe Home Computer and Video Centers, 200 Atari Centipede Games, 1,200 Atari Home Computers, 10,000 Atari Home Video Games, as well as millions of McDonald's food prizes. Purchase of Chicken McNuggets required to redeem food prizes. Just scratch the card and match two dots without getting zapped. Sometimes you win, sometimes, because every card can be a winner. Taste the thrill of Atari. McDonald's! We're back. We have just a few minutes left in the show. Um, a few weeks ago, we did sort of like a mini trivia challenge, I think, because I think we wanted to give people a taste of what it was like uh, to answer some yeah. of the trivia questions that we do on the cruise, um, and that I'll also be doing at 80s in the Sand this year. Um, it's a funny thing about 80s in the Sand. I was driving home today from work, and I was listening to 80s on 8, and it was Alan Hunter came on, and he was introducing a Loverboy song. And he went off talking all about uh, 80s in the Sand, talking about who was going to yeah, be there. Great. I guess his wife is coming along, and she's a big Winger fan. His Winger is one of the bands. Uh, Night Ranger's <laughs> going to be there. <laughs> Starship, Loverboy, Thompson, Howard Jones, Smithereens, Animotion. Oh, my God. The list goes. Berlin. Yeah, New Shoes, Berlin. It's going to be pretty amazing. So, Ana- Did you say Animotion? I think, yeah, I think they're there, aren't they? Dun, dun, yeah, dun. yeah. I want you to request them to play I Engineer twice. <laughs> it probably will. So it'll be fun. And like like Brad said, I'll be there doing the trivia. And uh, Debbie Foreman has promised to be my co-host. So that could be pretty intense. Sweet. She and I talk from time to time. You know, even times when she's not on the show, we, we, we keep in touch and we know what's going on in each other's lives. But yeah. we've actually never met in person. So that'll be this will be kind of cool. Kind of, I'm kind of I'm kind of stressed cool. a little yeah. bit to be honest about it. Eh, don't Nervous. be. It's going to be so Nervous. awesome. So, well, you know, just channel that energy into um, fart jokes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Debbie, is that your real Debbie, hair? Burp. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to go over well. Uh, okay, so we had three questions from a couple weeks ago. Here they were, um, and you will hear these again. I guarantee you. Although I'm surprised, not a whole lot of people got them all. Yeah. In the nineteen eighty movie Caddyshack. Name the country club where most of the action takes place. Brad, did you know that? I don't think Brad knew this one. Uh, no, I knew this one. This one I knew. This is Bushwood Country Club. Yep, <laughs> yep, yep. yep. That's a good one. Yep. Question number two was, in the, for the album 1984, Michael McDonald co-wrote one song for the record with the rest of Van Halen. Can you name that song? Now, this one just blew me away. Yeah. I'm like, really? You made that up. This is a trick question. The answer is no, we didn't. <laughs> and the answer is I'll wait.
that's pretty amazing. I just had no idea that he had done that. Yeah, yeah. It, I can't hear him in it, but you know, I can't hear his words. But I, well, nonetheless, right. it's a good song. Final question: The Facts of Life was a spinoff show of what other popular '80s series? Now, most people, I think, got this one right. Yeah, it's a uh, SWAT, right? Oh wait, no, that <laughs> was '70s. <clears throat> different Rockford Files. Different strokes. So there you go. Did anybody get all three correct? Yeah, we did have a we did have a pretty good uh, list here. Now we did have some people who gave us a couple, uh, but these are the people who had all three. We had Don Leach, Diamond Dave, Augie August, Joe Mama. I'm sure that's his real name. Pensacola Jim, Christine in Philly, Ryan the Pirate King, and Lynn from Riverdale, New York, with an assist from her husband, who says, I didn't do a lot of dating in the 80s. That's why I know all this useless information. <laughs> yeah, I got news for you. It doesn't help me in dating these days either. So we'll spin the wheel. We're going to throw in the names of the people who got all three correct, along with the, uh, the winners of the other two saggies, and we'll, we will pick a name for some swag. You ready? Brad, take it away. Do it. <laughs> You know, Steve, it took me forever to get all those names onto this wheel. I told you you don't have to chisel them in. Just use dry erase board. Oh, oh that's a great idea. I've been using, like, the Dino label. Oh. oh, my God. I used to have one of those. Everybody did. Didn't Didn't everyone? If you, if you made a typo, you were screwed. You pretty much had to start oh, over. I know. You had to start all over again. So it was a metaphor for life. Uh, oh. And uh, here we go. It's coming to an end, and it's going to land on... Pensacola Jim, you are uh, this week's lucky winner. So send us your snail mail address, and we will send you a bottle opener. Pretty cool. It'll be fun. It will be fun. So, yeah, so Stuck in the 80s goes to Punta Cana for 80s in the sand. I think that'll be interesting. I think uh, I think November's a wonderful time of year to get the hell out of the United States and go get some sun. So uh, yeah, seriously, we're, we're we're less than a hundred days out from it now. So if you're still thinking, if you're still in the fence, now's the time to decide. The uh, don't forget that they also have uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, Andrew McCarthy, you know, Diane Franklin, a bunch of actors. Will uh, Curtis Armstrong, Booger will be there. Yeah, Amanda Weiss. So yeah, Amanda Weiss. A lot of actors will be there and doing uh, Q and As with fans and meet and greets and stuff like that. You've got, I, I want to say, close to twenty bands performing. Yeah, it's a big list. It's a big list. There's theme nights every night. There's a costume contest. It is an all-inclusive resort. It's at Breathless. So your food is free. Everything is free. The only thing you pay for, my understanding is, like if you go, if you want to go get a massage at the spa or you want to buy a T-shirt from the from the resort shop, that's that's it. If you, if you want to drink um, 12 El Presidente beers every day before uh, breakfast, you know, psh, go do it, my friends. <laughs> yeah. Just don't heckle me at uh, trivia. That's all yeah. I ask. Cool. <laughs> so it'll be fun. Anyway, if you have any questions, like, like it's going to be good. That's like, gonna yeah, be good. just email us at uh, podcast.sit80s.com or go to 80sinthesand.com. Uh, they also have a Facebook group you can go to as well. It'll be fun. Come come have fun with me. Buy me a beer. It won't cost you a cent. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, buy me a free beer. <laughs> In the meantime, uh, check out uh, Beastmaster on YouTube or try to find a copy of Night Shift out there. Because along with Chuck Lumley and B-Rad, we remain here, hopelessly, stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app.
no, well, and our, our audience would be like, what? Why do we care? 